0: This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the V
1: Sports Network. Bet on the bull, WRNS Kinston.
2: And welcome to hour two of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. Today is Tuesday, September the 19th, in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 932 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co hosts John Dawson and John Massey, while they'll be joining me here at the end of this second hour here. Before we do that, though, you're going to hear from uh, Gardner-Webb's Phil Constantino. He is the Assistant Athletic Director for Broadcasting and Strategic Communication for Gardner-Webb. That is who's going to be taking on ECU. We're going to be uh, getting a scouting report from him about that here in a few moments. But before we do that, uh, hey, if you missed the first hour, you missed a really fun first hour with our good friend uh, Richard Clark from the County News Times, (laughs) CarolinaCoastOnline.com. To say we talked about a little bit of everything would be accurate. You missed uh, some good honeymoon talk from uh, Linda and I. So uh, if you missed the first hour, go to uh, BrianHanks.com. Listen in our 3 o'clock hour here on 960BetOnTheBull.com, uh, on 960, 960 AM, or even 252 ESPN. You can do that for sure. Tell you what, before we get uh, Phil up here on the line with us, I want to thank Lenore Community College. For 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus right here in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of their beautiful campuses in Kenston, Snow Hill, or Trent to find out how you can change your life today. And again, thank you so much to Richie Honeycutt, all the folks over at Lenore Community College, for being the title sponsor of The Brian Hanks Show. And joining us, a first-time guest for us here on The Brian Hanks Show, it's uh, Phil Constantino. He's the Assistant Athletic Director for Broadcasting and Strategic Communication for Gardner-Webb University. Joining us on our Spence Automotive guest line right now. Good morning, Phil. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today, sir. Brian, good to
1: be with you. Glad to talk some football.
2: Absolutely. And I got to tell you, we spent our whole first hour, we spent – uh we're a two-hour show we spent our whole first hour pretty much we spent probably 90 minutes of our two hours yesterday i gotta tell you phil there are some worried people here in uh in kinston and in eastern north carolina greenville newburn all our markets that we go into here uh and uh they're worried about this we're we're oh and three obviously going to this and they're worried about a little program for bowling springs coming in and uh and uh, shock in the world, which at this point, I'm not even so sure it would be that big of a shock. Uh, tell us a little bit about this Gardner-Webb uh, program that's coming in to Greenville uh, to take on our Pirates at 6 o'clock Saturday.
1: Well, let's start big picture going back a couple of years, and, and then I'll address last week. Because obviously last weekend, uh, this past Saturday versus Tennessee State was a little bit of a clunker, and that's why Gardner-Webb is 1-2 and two and not 2-1. and one. Um, but going back big picture, it's a program that historically, since transitioning back in the early 2000s to Division One, hasn't been very good. And Trey Lamb comes in, you know, son of a coach, nephew of a Division One football coach, coaching's in his blood. Um, he was hired at 30 years old. He was the second youngest head coach in all of Division One. offensive guru, former college quarterback at Tennessee Tech, uh, offensive coordinator there who... Uh, was a great play caller and turned around the offensive side of the football. There, uh, one of the biggest yardage and scoring output turnarounds um, in his short time as offensive coordinator at Tennessee Tech, and he gets hired at Gardner Webb, and it has been a slow build. Uh, last year, uh, you could argue the Big South was down. It was only a six-team conference. They start the season one and five. Uh, they rattle off uh, five straight conference wins to finish the regular season six and five, and they win their first conference title in 19 years and. Um, ultimately they go to the FCS playoffs for the first time in the history of the school. Um, that same team almost entirely is back this year. And I think that's what has a lot of folks scared. And if you look back into that one in five start last year, they played three FBS games. They were in all of them. Wow. They probably should have won two of them had the football on the final drive going in down four to Coastal Carolina and lost, down one to Liberty and lost. Um, Go back a year before that, when the program was first starting the turn but was only a four-win team, they did the same thing to Georgia Southern. Um, So they have now in six FBS games in Trey Lamb's tenure, they have been in five of them, closer and closer each time, including a late third-quarter lead on Appalachian State that they let get away from them uh, in week one. Uh, and they've really only been blown out in one of them Uh they had a clunker of a game a couple years ago against UNC Charlotte. That's it. It's a program that has turned a corner. It's a program that won a championship. It's a program that expects to compete for a championship again this year. They returned 17 starters combined on both sides of the ball. And um, they think they can win these FBS games. And I think after last weekend's clunker, they're a little more hungry. Uh, than maybe they would have been if they were two and one instead of one and two.
2: Well, I'm telling you, like I said, this is non-exaggeration. I don't know, you know. I mean, you you live in your world there in Cleveland County, and uh, you know you're you're so you know, you got to be obsessed with uh, Gardner Webb stuff. Let me tell you, dude, you look at a message board here in uh, Eastern <laughs> North Carolina, dude, and you would think. Sincerely, You would think that the Green Bay Packers or the Kansas City Chiefs were uh, rolling into Greenville this week. I, I'll i say this. I can't speak for the team, and obviously I really can't. I can tell you from the fans' point of view here, Phil, is that uh, there's not anybody who's overlooking Gardner-Webb uh, coming in this weekend. They, There's a lot of respect for the running Bulldogs coming into this
1: weekend, dude. Well, if you go back to the last time I played East Carolina, this would have been just before – uh, my time at Gardner-Webb coincides with Trey Lamb's time, so four seasons for me. And I think the last time would have been the season right before Trey Lamb uh, got to Gardner-Webb, and it was not a close game at all. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a different program since the last time East Carolina fans saw Gardner-Webb. And it's a different program than what Gardner-Webb had historically been in Division One.
2: Well, I got to tell you, and uh, I have—I've uh, mentioned it a couple of times in the almost four years we've been doing the show here in Kinston. But uh, my formative years of being a sports writer—and yes, as I said in my text message yeah, to you, you last night—told me
1: yesterday.
2: <laughs> well, you remember when there used to be newspapers? And I'm not denigrating the Shelby Star or even the Kinston Free Press here <laughs> in our town. But once upon a time, there were these things. We got to tell these young kids this, Phil. There were these things called newspapers, okay? And they had sports departments, and they would send reporters to go cover games. I mean, I know it's hard for folks to believe that outside well,
1: of... foreign concept.
2: Exactly. You know, outside of maybe Charlotte or Raleigh or something like that here in North Carolina. But uh, I got to tell you, man, I loved covering uh, Gardner-Webb football games, whether it was for the Gaston Gazette when I was there or with the Shelby Star for the couple of years that I was uh, in Shelby. And here's what I remember the most. I mean, there weren't, you know, world beaters playing then over uh, in Bowling Springs. But I tell you what, here's what I remember. Uh, it would be me. There would be a, if I was representing either the Gar- or uh, the Gaston Gazette or the Shelby Star. There would be me. Maybe one of the TV stations would show. Maybe WBTV or uh, the mm-hmm. or Channel Nine or one of them. And uh, the Charlotte Observer sent somebody. There'd be four, a nice press box. They treat us like kings, and I mean that sincerely. Sincerely, and I know you probably still treat your media like that too, Phil. But here's what I remember the most. Chick-fil-a was a sponsor of uh gardener web and there would be a box of, you know, the Chick-fil-a sandwiches and their little full wrap. I'm not, yeah. hey, Phil. feel there would be, I'm not, I'm not uh, exaggerating here. There had to have been 75 to 80 sandwiches for the six media that would show up, okay? And, I, you know, and I was a poor sports writer at the time. I was just starting in the business, so I'd eat two there, and then I wish I could remember who the SID was at that time. And he knew. I mean, he could look at me and go, oh, that, that's a poor guy, you know, that's uh, covering this game for the Shelby Star. Dude, he would load me up with, like, eight to ten sandwiches. Dude, I'd eat Chick-fil-A for the next two or three days after that, man, thanks to the you good folks. You are talking about and well. the
1: legendary. You're talking about the legendary Mark Rapp who was at Gardner-Webb for 28 years. Ding, My ding, former boss, ding. yeah, uh, who hired me to Gardner-Webb as the director of broadcasting. I've since uh, taken over for running the, the whole department. Phenomenal human being. <laughs> and you'll also remember at Gardner-Webb, we always keep in the press box a fully stocked fridge. Yep. Top to bottom, all the way to the back, Pepsi products, <laughs> And we are known for the coldest drinks in college football and the best drink selection in all of college football. That tradition, even without Mark Rabb there, is still being upheld. Uh,
2: Mark Rabb. I wish, if you ever see him, and uh, surely he still <laughs> comes to games, I hope, please tell him oh, Brian I saw Hanks. Him last said, week. Tell him Brian Hanks. Uh, I hope he remembers me. Like I said, I probably covered, I don't know, 18 to 20 games uh, through the years there, and uh, and he always took care of us. I mean, he really did. And like I said, there was one time, if I remember correctly, I, I left with like 12 or 13 uh Chick-fil-A sandwiches and went back to the newsroom at the Shelby Star to file my story and of you know and, and handed out sandwiches. And I was like, this is courtesy of Gardner Webb University, okay?
1: Listen, we always try to take care of our friends. <laughs> we are hospitable in Boiling Springs, no question about it.
2: Uh, you definitely are. But uh, joining us, like I said, on our uh, guest line right now is uh Phil Constantino. Uh he's the assistant athletic director for broadcasting and strategic communication for Gardner Webb University and uh you also do i mean we'll get back to football here in a moment but you also take care of basketball too just catch us up on i mean gardner webb is and i have said this on the air for years it is one of the the shining jewels the un, maybe even uh un, you know that people don't know about right there in western north carolina tell us a little bit about gardner webb and the other programs that are going on right now
1: yeah well i, I can speak a little bit to my experience too because um and I've been down in this area for eight years now. I moved down after college and uh, was working at Queens University in Charlotte. Um, pandemic hit, and opportunity opens up, and and I end up at Gardner Webb and and make the jump to Division One. And and I got to be honest with you in my uh, in my time down here, Gardner Webb was um, a nice small little thing out out in Cleveland County, just just west of of the city, right, right. Um, and. I have to give a lot of credit to um, Dr. William Downs, the school president. He's in his fifth year. Um, he had a vision, and this is going back to this before I got to Gardner-Webb four years ago, he had a vision to really build athletics and, and make athletics big time, something that I think Gardner-Webb um, had peaked at times but didn't have a track record of consistency since making the, the Division One jump back in 2002. Um, and the resources have been invested in that. And I can tell you from back compared to when you were going to games, covering, covering games at Gardner Webb, uh, the fan experience, the game as a whole, the game day environment, uh, is something that has all improved. And the product on the field, on the court, you know, wherever the competition is, has significantly improved. Um, you know, 2019 was a breakthrough year. Men's basketball made it to the NCAA tournament for the first time by winning the Big South championship led Virginia at halftime uh, the year after UMBC beat them in the first round. That was the year that Virginia went on to win the national championship. Carter Webb almost did it again as a 16-over-1. a Uh, And from there, it has been a build. Uh, And last year um, was three conference championships. It's the most that the um, Department of Athletics has had ever in a single year. Uh, Football obviously won the Big South. Women's basketball set a Big South record. Best season in the history of the conference, going twenty-one and zero, all the way you know through the regular season, postseason, and into the NCAA tournament. Um, and, and men's tennis also claimed the conference championship. Um, we have put coaches in big places. Women's basketball coach was, was fortunate enough to move up to the American Conference, uh, get the job at Memphis from Gardner Webb. Uh, we have put student athletes in big places recently. Mason Miller, uh, one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball, is up with the Oakland Athletics right now. Um, it's uh, it's a, might be a small school on paper. It might be an afterthought. I think to some people who focus on the FBS in the, in the state of North Carolina and in the greater region. Uh, but what does Deion Sanders say? We coming? And that's kind of what that's kind of what Gardner Webb uh, has been. And and in some respects, it, it, you know, in the Big South level uh, and and the mid major level, Gardner Webb has arrived. Uh, and it has been really a transformative stretch. I'm lucky to be at the school. When I've been at the school to be around the coaches, I've been around the student athletes. I've been around the administrators. I've been around because there are a lot of really talented people that are going to do a lot of really big things in their careers. Uh, and, and I do think that investment starts at the top, uh, and a it change in the tone with the school president that, that really wanted to invest in it and, and you're seeing the fruits of it. And I think that's why Gardner Webb goes to Greenville on Saturday and, and for the, you know, very rarely you really. I think get a little nervous if you're an FBS school playing an FCS school, but you're not the first school that I've heard from. Appalachian State felt the same way in week one, and they got a scare in week one.
2: And and I was watching that game just for the express reason of scouting it out because I knew, you know, ECU has uh, had Appalachian State on their schedule coming up. They had Gardner-Webb on their schedule coming up too, so I watched that game. And I think wasn't it like 24-21 late in the third quarter that you guys were leading that game and Boone?
1: Yeah, it was, and it, it just it got away from them. Trey Lamb was not happy with his team after the game, and he told them such in the locker room. Um, they, it, you know, and you know how it goes. Sometimes with those FBS to FCS games, you know, the script is the talent at the top end is just as good, but there's bigger players consistently down the depth chart. You get worn out over the course of the game, and I think that happened a little bit in week one. Uh, I also think there was just a couple of mental gaffes and bad penalties, untimely penalties here and there. Uh, and next thing you know, it goes from, you know, 24, 21, 45, 24, and that's the final score. And it just kind of gets away from you a little bit. Um, but Ty French, for example, three-time All-American defensive end, kind of a hybrid defensive end linebacker, the way they use him. I mean, he was the best player on the field, and everybody knew it. Um, and I don't even think it was really close. Um so the talent was there to compete and it was it to an extent, and this is what Trey Lamb told the media after a game, it, it fit a little bit of the script of, you know, FBS to FCS games, but also the team just made some mistakes down the stretch that kind of put them out of the game.
2: Well, like I said, I was very impressed by that and uh, just blown away by how competitive, not just competitive, like I said, hell, you were leading the game late in boone i i gotta uh circle back to something you just mentioned and uh, you don't know this probably obviously we're just meeting each other on the on the phone this morning mm-hmm. on the show but i'm a big virginia guy too i mean i'm a i'm a wahoo uh-huh. i was in uh, the charlotte coliseum when they lost to umbc i was covering that and then i was in columbia as a fan for that gardner Webb game did a couple of radio hits from the stadium and I, yes so i remember at halftime of <laughs> with my good friend I don't here know, we I, go again there you go and I'm, i did like i said i did a couple of radio hits uh, here in eastern north carolina live from the uh live from the arena down in uh, columbia south carolina for that first round game and sitting there with a buddy of mine have you met randy caps in your travels yet he uh runs i don't a, know he, he's a dude, one of the proudest Gardner-Webb alums uh, in eastern North Carolina. Graduated from there, actually worked for the little uh, – uh, he worked for the Shelby Star for a little bit too before he came east, worked for Fayetteville, now runs his own magazine here in eastern North Carolina. But I tell you that to tell you this. So guess who I'm sitting with at the game that day? With I'm sitting with Randy Kebs, and he's giggling and chuckling and uh, everything because we're getting ready to witness history again with Virginia back-to-back. Not just one year. Losing to a 16C, but potentially happening a second year and to his alma mater. But uh, thank God, thank you can't see me right now, but I'm <laughs> looking up to the heavens and thanking the Lord that that and that ended up being one of our toughest games. I mean, to that championship run in 2019
1: was against your running Bulldogs. Phil. yeah, yeah, no, I I, I, I very much remember that year just just being in the area I'm get obviously I wasn't at the school at the time, um, but I can tell you that from a university perspective. Um Virginia does go on to win the national championship and that graphic would <laughs> that graphic would pop up with the road to the to the you know to the championship game. And you'd see the score in the opponent. And I can't tell you how many people that I knew at the time were like, Gardner Webb played the closest game yep. what besides the Final Four game? Yep. The Championship game. Uh, I think they went through if I remember correctly, uh was it Auburn and Texas Tech that year? Yes sir. And I think before the Final Four. Uh, that was probably the closest game that Virginia played of the first four.
2: Uh, it definitely was. It definitely was. And and let me tell you something too. That first half, where you know everybody it turns on the uh, the top seed anyway, but I can tell you, I was in the arena, like I said at uh, in Columbia, and uh, that there was a whole stadium or a whole arena full of Gardner Webb fans for the first. Well, heck, for the rest of the game too. But specifically in that first half, when uh, you're mm-hmm. running Bulldogs were taking it to the Cavahoos. Okay.
1: I've gathered that Virginia uh, wasn't too ecstatic in the end that that game was in Columbia, but you can you can uh, look for the NCAA for that. Gardner-Webb had nothing to do with that as a 16 seed i guarantee that
2: <laughs> i can guarantee you that too hey i got to pay a bill here real quick uh want to thank unc lenore healthcare they are the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the brian hanks show nestled in the heart of lenore county right here in kinston unc lenore healthcare's mission is to ensure exceptional healthcare for the people it serves with a medical staff of more than 100 physicians unc lenore healthcare offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find it in hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road, right here in Kenston for all your healthcare needs, or call them at 252. 252- Five two two seven thousand. You can also email them at info at lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of The Big Interview. We've got him for a couple more minutes here. I want to, again, thank uh, Phil Constantino, the Assistant Athletic Director for Broadcasting and Strategic Communication for Gardner-Webb University for uh, joining us here. And I guess this will be my last question for you here, Phil. Uh, mm-hmm. How are the folks in Cleveland County in uh, Bowling Springs and Shelby, how are they looking at this game uh, going in? And that's part one of the question. Part two of the question is uh, to you, what is the road to Gardner-Webb coming into Greenville and winning that game on Saturday?
1: Well, I mean, I, so let's circle back to I think what I said in the first, uh, the first statement I made uh, when we started a few minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, last week against Tennessee State was a clunker. Um, last week against Tennessee State should not have happened. And they lose the game 27-25. They led for the vast majority of the game. Uh, didn't trail, I think, until mid to late third quarter, actually. Uh, it was a 17-14 Gardner-Webb lead at halftime. First drive of the game, Ty French sack, Ty French tackled for loss. Force a three and out. Short field, pounded in for a touchdown. Feels like Gardner-Webb's going to blow them out. Um, and then Tennessee State settled in. And then it was boneheaded mistake after boneheaded mistake that, that from a championship-level program is unacceptable. Trey Lamb will tell you that. The players will tell you that. What I mean by boneheaded, all-conference long snapper who hasn't missed a snap in two years, snapping the football 15 yards over the punter's head, uh, leading to a short field and leading to a touchdown. Uh, after a safety that got the momentum back in the game, those short kickoff off the safety by Tennessee State, Gardner-Webb return team treats it like a punt doesn't touch the football, I, I, I don't know if the players had a brain fart. I don't know if they weren't aware of the rule. Tennessee State pounces on it, gets possession. Um, and like those kind of mistakes. Yeah. Six dropped passes that I counted during the course of the game. Those things need to be cleaned up. And um, it, was, it was a bad loss because it's a conference game for them. And um, it was, you, know, you hope that down the road, uh, since there aren't that many conference games at the FCS level, last year they had to go unbeaten uh, in the conference to to win the league. Uh, this year with the merger with the Ohio Valley, there's a few more teams, so it actually makes it even more complicated without, with only one extra conference game, only six conference games. So you lose one conference game, you could be out. Um, I think what that has done in many ways uh, has refocused the team. They needed it. They they went to Appalachian State, they lost, I don't think, Trey Lamb was happy. The week after, they beat a playoff team from last year at home in Elon, a team that very likely could make the playoffs again, an FCS powerhouse in this area. Uh, they were up 14 with six minutes left and almost gave the game away and needed a game-winning drive to win it with 14 seconds left. Um, even though they pulled off a, a signature non-conference win against Elon to help potential uh, playoff resume in the FCS, they were not playing clean football. Trey Lamb knew that. His team knew that. So in some ways, there is a positive to come from last week's clunker. Uh, And maybe cause for concern for East Carolina fans, I was around the facility yesterday. They were refocused. It's all business. Wow. They were pissed. And and, um, that locker room after the game is one of the most distraught locker rooms that I've ever seen. Um, And I think they needed it. And so I think they... They know they should have beaten Tennessee State. They know when they play a clean, smart game, they're probably two touchdowns better than Tennessee State. Eddie George is building. They've got a pretty good program there, much better than they have been. Defense was phenomenal. Still doesn't excuse a performance like that. Boneheaded mistakes, untimely penalties that just gave away a football game. Um, but I do think it refocused them, and I do genuinely believe that the people in that locker room believe that they can beat East Carolina. And – you know, if you're looking at a potential path to the playoff at this moment, how do they get back to the FCS playoffs? It's going to be difficult. They'd have to win out the conference to have a chance at winning the conference uh, championship. But the other favorite in the league, SEMO um, State, it's a 10-team league, six conference games. Gardner Webb doesn't play SEMO. So there's a possibility you could win out and you still don't get there through winning your conference championship. So how do you get in? I'll tell you what, a win versus East Carolina would go a long way <laughs> toward that large selection and I think that's the way they're looking at it now. So, um it wouldn't shock me if this team turned around, rattled off eight straight wins, finished the regular season with a with a a 9 and 2 record. Um it would not shock me one bit. They're that kind of talented. They have that kind of ability. They have a darn good head football coach who's going to go places in his career. And um it's, it's just a matter of getting focused. And, and I wonder if, if there is good to come from that loss last week and just an absolute clunker of a performance.
2: Well, I, I will let me just reiterate what I told you, Phil, and I mean this sincerely. Uh, and I'm not being a homer here, but I'm telling you, there's – again, Now I can't speak for the guys in the locker room. I can't speak for Coach Mike Houston. I can speak for the fans here. There is no one. There is not a single fan and, <laughs> that I've talked to and even here on the show that uh, is overlooking Gardner-Webb. There's a, there really is There's a very uh, healthy level of respect for your running Bulldogs coming into Greenville on Saturday. Listen, thank you so much for <laughs> joining me uh, here this morning. Uh, it was good to get to know you a little bit here. I would love to have you back on sometime. Uh, uh, does Gardner-Webb play uh, ECU in basketball this year?
1: I do not believe so. No, I do not believe so. We were there a couple of years ago. Yep, yep. And uh, I know that that's always a game that uh, – that's a game that Tim Kraft loves. Haven't haven't been there before. having worked there. Um, I do not believe so this year. No, I, we have not published the schedule yet. But from what I've gathered, that doesn't look uh, doesn't look likely this year.
2: Well, I hope we do at some point. we Would love to have you back on. Listen, Phil Constantino, thank you so much for joining us here this morning on the show. Uh, good luck. I say good luck to you, running Bulldogs. But just uh, just a just a degree <laughs> of good luck. Not not. Uh, I, I hope nobody. <laughs> hey, I hope nobody gets hurt. How's that?
1: <laughs> let's put it that way that's a fair way to put it and uh i'll tell you what i think gardner web people are, are are cautiously optimistic i don't they don't expect to go there and you, you know the difference between oh, yeah. fbs fcs it's hard uh but but they feel like they have a chance and that, that's a program that has come a long way especially since the time that that you were around so the administration the coaches the players <laughs> I think they'd like to hear that they're being treated with with a respect like that well so.
2: they I and again I'm not that's not hyperbolic I mean it really is it's, when you're 0-3 man you don't overlook anybody especially an, <laughs> especially, up, you. especially an coming program like what you guys have Phil thank you so much for joining us here sir
1: Thank you, Brian. Good to be with you.
2: There you go. That was Phil Constantino from Gardner-Webb. Let's get John and Jonathan in here to uh, play the birthday game. We'll wrap up this Tuesday edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. Today is Tuesday, September the 19th in Year of the Lord 2023. It is now time to play the birthday game. Uh, gentlemen, well, I mean, John and Jonathan, how are y'all doing today? Yeah, you
0: like, you're proud of yourself there, Foghorn? I
2: am. Uh, uh, it, 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 uh, That's Porky, but go ahead. <laughs> I say,
0: I say that would be
2: Foghorn. There you go. I say, I say, you're right. Uh,
3: man. I say, I say, I smell. I smell. Uh, 12 herbs and spices. (laughs) Oh! I think I'm in trouble.
0: (laughs) I just might be in there.
3: (laughs)
2: Where in the world? I love it, but where in the world is this all coming from? That was a
3: family guy bit. Can you open that? Yeah, there was a family guy bit where Foghorn Leghorn wandered into a KFC (laughs) because he smelled the 12 herbs and spices, Uh or however many it is, and they, um, you know, dispatched old Foghorn. That's and turn bad. them in and turn them into some extra extra crispy.
2: Uh, I don't know. I'm not an extra, extra crispy fan, are y'all? I'm, yes. I, you are. Yes. See, I like the original, ob- mm-hmm. obviously, but I like the the uh, baked or not baked. What do you call it? Uh, grilled. The grilled. Yeah, I like the grilled. Do they even make that anymore though? I know I tried to get some a couple months ago and they didn't have it. As we're doing this, for Jason Bryan is rolling over in his grave right now because we oh, are. Oh, prank uh, call,
0: prank call. Never mind. Because we're,
2: we're advertising for KFC and they haven't paid for this ad. Oh. Yeah. Well, if so. you're a KFC, you need to pay us. Anyway, uh, John Dawson. I, usually we do a little banter right here, and I'm just... Uh, we,
0: we were, and you just stopped it.
2: I did. You're right. I did. Uh, <laughs> but I like the grilled chicken from... Or I used to like the grilled chicken because I felt a little bit less guilty mm-hmm. than eating it. Here's my plan. Have we talked about this before? If we have, then just stop me. But I wish KFC would just sell skin. That they would, I mean, but it would have to be juicy like the regular skin that you pull off a breast or
0: off but a it thigh. It needs to be crispy. You don't want dish rag yeah, skin.
2: But you want it to still, but that's the beauty of Kentucky Fried Chicken, okay? Mm. Is that to me, the skin's the best part. I mean, the chicken part, it's all right. But man, that skin, you pull the skin off and it's crunchy on the outside, but it's still juicy and greasy on the inside. I mean, mm. mm. If I could just eat that all the time, I probably would, but I'd be
3: dead probably in about three months. But uh, I can actually tie this into wrestling. Please. Yokozuna, the wrestler, the the guy, this big sumo guy that was in the WWE a long time ago. I actually related related to The Rock, by the way. Uh, And he had a weight problem. Actually, he ended up having to go to some rehab place for his weight at Duke. But he would be in the back in the locker room before and after matches, frying chicken skin and eating it.
2: And that's what killed him.
3: Among other things, but, yeah, that's that's pretty high on the list.
2: Oh, I just love the skin. Hey, if y'all try, hey, we're going to equal opportunity everybody here. Have y'all tried that new place yet, uh, like on your way on 70 across Royal, Walmart? Royal, Royal. Farm.
0: Are they open yet?
2: I think they are. I saw somebody the other day put I something on Facebook. members of my family
0: have tried the one in another city and said it was fantastic. It gets high ratings everywhere you see,
2: and I saw, I thought I saw it on Facebook. The only Facebook. thing is
0: you can't drive through. you got to park and go in and, and do a Kia. Who's got time? For that. Yeah,
2: no. That's why I don't like Sheets that much. I'm not a big Sheets fan. So you got to do the same thing. And I know mm-hmm. our good mutual friend Zach Fraley is a big. Zach Fraley's fan. in his
0: car headed this way to punch you right <laughs> he now. He
2: probably and that's what it would be. He would just come now, in and
0: punch. You, if you go in and get one of their pre-made sandwiches and a bottle of water, that's not bad. But yeah. the ordering the food thing.
3: No, I. I sometimes because I work in Goldsboro again. Oh, that's right. So you you have sometimes I will go sheets. to Sheets for lunch. I the, I can order it on my phone <laughs> and it's ready when I get there.
2: There you go. Well, there you go. That's what I need to do then, I guess. But uh, uh, but I want to try that Royal Farms, just to make my own judgment. Uh, but but anyway.
3: Anytime they have famous chicken on there,
0: I'll, I'll try it at least once. Yeah. Because God knows Kenston was bereft of fried chicken establishments. That well, is true.
3: There's another place that has, you know, has famous chicken I'm not quite fond of.
0: Yeah. We're not going to give them free advertising, though.
2: No. Because. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about. I do know who you're talking about. And I'm not a fan. That chicken's mid. No, it is. It's it's really not. Now, I'll say this. Their biscuits are pretty good.
3: Eh, They're decent. Isn't there a Biscuitville opening here in Where?
2: Oh, now you just... Don't even... No, 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 no. Don't
3: toy with my emotions. You know where where that old service station was right beside Wendy's that they tore down a few years ago? I think they're putting it there.
0: That's right where the X is Oh, you just... I don't even believe you. Okay. Okay. Just, just take our word so no. we don't run over. <laughs> Brian's going to be 350 pounds.
2: <laughs> He's not wrong. <laughs> trust me. Let so. me tell you. Uh, we've got Jason Jason Bryant. Attention, Jason Bryant. Get in touch with the Biscuitville people. They need to be an advertiser on this show. Okay? Yeah, there you go. Oh, my God. You know, uh, Paul and Samantha had their baby last weekend. Time travel here last weekend. And they so I stayed a lot of time at uh, Paul's house he literally lives not less than a mile away from I had biscuitville. biscuitville
0: about two weeks ago from up that way it's good
2: I yeah. love biscuitville man their ultimate country ham biscuit it's got two pieces of country ham on it an egg cheese the biscuit is just so good and just melts in your mouth
0: no you still have to chew it <laughs> You know.
2: Well, you have to chew it for the country ham part. No, you have
0: to chew the biscuit,
2: too. Okay, well, there you it's go. It's not an aspirin. Fan? Biscuitville I mean, you fan? You swallow it
0: whole like an aspirin, <laughs> but I wouldn't advise it.
2: Biscuitville fan?
0: What did I, did I just say I ate it one time? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah i Jonathan? Fan. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my God. Guy, guy I'm in a band with is a, we, we, we route trips to the studio in Greensboro based on where the Biscuitville is. So he's he a fan be, too.
2: He must be a good
0: man. He is. He's a great man. There you go.
2: Okay. Oh my God, biscuitville. <laughs>
3: uh, like two miles from your house. Well,
0: that's it for today's birthday game. God, I just—I
2: I can't even fathom that. Fathom. I don't, it. I, well, it. they announced that I guess in July, but that was in when I, we were doing uh, the, the summer of Linda. So I was out of town when that came out, I guess. <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, there you go. Uh, John Dawson, you yes. won yesterday. Uh, it's now seven days to five. It was, you were in a must-win situation yesterday. If you no, didn't win yesterday, you really— Nothing would have really changed at all. <laughs> That's not true. We've got three musicians as part of today's show, dude. Uh, The
0: the last batch you had the last week, that was brutal, man. That was... Whatever. There were strangers walking up to me on the street saying, I'm I'm so sorry you had to endure endure that. Did
2: they do that to you too, Jonathan?
3: No, nobody knows who I am.
2: (laughs) That's not true. You threw out a first pitch at a down Eastwood Ducks playoff game.
3: And I audibly audibly heard (laughs) people in the stands going, who?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They did not do that. Anyway... John Dawson yes this is the birthday game allegedly why don't you tell us about uh, GoEco Office Automation who up until now has been the sponsor of the birthday game if unless I've run him off
0: well I hope you haven't because Jacques is a leader in business automation now he does not serve mouth-watering biscuits down there but if he chose to he could but the man is so good at what he does, it would be like asking Superman to stop and go play baseball. It would make no sense. Uh, Jacques is a superstar. If you want to make more money than you're making right now, you go. just go have a cup of coffee with that man, and you'll be driving a Mercedes while Christmas. I, you, Brian. I like it. Hey, that, that's a good testimonial there, John Dawson. Amen, my brother. There you go. Jonathan Massey, yes. how do we get a hold
2: of Jacques Passeleg?
3: Pick up the phone and dial 252. 252. 252. 286. 286. 286.
2: Five, three. Five,
3: three. <laughs> Five, four. Five, Five, four. Four. Uh, or you can visit his website at goecomc.com or what is goeco.com for more information.
2: I like it. That okay. You, uh, absolutely back to me. How about I get to play DJ here? Waka
0: waka. Uh-huh. Oh, Lita Ford. a big... No big thing. Why'd you make a face when you said Lita Ford? For job, Goofy song. Okay. What would you like me to play? Uh, nothing. <laughs> you don't like, <laughs> you don't like Lita Ford? Not to listen to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cheesy '80s. Kind of like, oh man, I'm neutral. I don't hate her. Enough.
2: I I, he, I, about, well, I was gonna play "Close My Eyes" forever with her and Ozzy? No, Aussie you're Osborne. fine with that one, right That's there. That's what I thought. You're fine right there, my there, friend. There you go. I know. I don't like the other song for sure. Okay, uh, John Dawson. How old today is? Uh, is the lovely Lita Ford? Sixty-three. You say 63. Do you know who Lita Ford is, Yoni Boy over there?
3: No, but I was going to say 63. Were you really?
2: Yeah. Well, she, she's not 63. She's 64. She was born September the 19th. Wait a minute. Chorus. We
0: were so close. Almost made
2: it. Kiss Okay, she was born September nineteenth, nineteen fifty-eight. So she's sixty-five. I forgot what y'all's guesses were. Who? I, I said
0: sixty-five. You said sixty. No,
3: John? I Dock. said
0: sixty-three.
3: Oh, I said sixty-four. <laughs> and he, he said. Won. I won. <laughs> <laughs> he said sixty-three. I said
1: sixty-four.
3: <laughs> Check You're me. Uh, <laughs> I, I believe you.
2: If he admitted, that, and he admitted to it too, so. Banta. Uh, <laughs> banta, indeed. Yeah, you know, she was
0: in the Runaways with Joan Jett.
2: Oh, let's see. There are so many good songs here uh, for I this next that band. I find hard to believe. No, 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 no. I'm talking about for our next band. <laughs> that was good. I don't want to play the one that everybody
0: knows. Good man. Uh, Righteous Brothers. Yep, I only know two songs. Might as well pick the big one. Okay, there you go. Uh, Dude, you've lost that loving feeling. That's funny. Close
3: your eyes. Listen that production. kiss your lips. When I say listen, that doesn't... <laughs> and there's t- no,
2: no tenderness, tenderness like before in <laughs> your face. <pain. laughs> Should we tell him what just happened? Yeah, we <laughs> ran. <down. laughs> He's all the way down at the end of the hall. Because <laughs> baby, baby, I know it. You've lost that love and feeling. Whoa, that love and feeling. John's lost that love and feeling. Now it's gone, gone, gone. gone. gone.
3: Oh, Oh, that was awesome.
2: (laughs) This is why we need to do video on this show. It might be the
3: reason we don't do video on the show.
2: That was glorious. <laughs> say that again when you get your headphones back on. Let's tell him what happened. He
3: Brian and I poorly sang uh you've lost that love and as fear. we were approaching him. Yeah. And normally if I just approach him singularly, uh-huh. He'll he'll at least humor it for a few moments. Yeah. But I think the visual of both of us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what was it you said couldn't that we couldn't hear? Ray Charles could have seen that. He would have run, too. What did you say, though? Uh, I wish hear? there was video, and then I'd have a case. <laughs> Oh, my God. We sounded good, though. Did you hear us harmonizing? All I could hear was my inner self screaming. <laughs> you know what's I, bad? <laughs> when you go to bed tonight. Oh, I won't be able to.
2: <laughs> you're you're going to have a hard time going to sleep tonight. That's what I was trying to say. I won't be able to sleep till Labor Day of next year. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Okay, Bill Medley. we have Medley. time left? <laughs> I don't even know. Who got Lita Ford? He did. I, you did. Okay. Bill Medley of the Righteous Brothers. Uh, how old? see today over there Jonathan Massey that was so good that's one of my favorite moments of this show in the last dude just the way you got the heck out of here you threw <laughs> I, the
3: headphones down I, honest to god I've never seen you move that fast me
2: that was that was pretty never cool. had reason to <laughs> Bill Medley
3: god, I'm gonna be so far off here 79
2: you say 79 what do you say John Dawson 80 he was born September 19th 1940 so he's 83 you weren't that far I'm, off that was a pretty good guess you got it you know no, we've, we've already, already done our quota for you've this had month. Your one yeah, for the month. yeah, doggone it. Okay, you want to hear the rest of the song, or oh, how would you like? Hey, course is coming. You ready, Jonathan? Wait a minute. Here we go. You've lost that love and
0: feeling.
2: Brian.
3: Come on, Jonathan.
0: I know I'm going to get in trouble.
1: I but don't. What, I
3: don't want yeah. to. Oh, uh, I don't want to scare him off again.
0: Okay. We're going to If I have him. to go through the aggravation of taking this off and leaving <laughs> again, I'm not putting it back on. <laughs> I, I don't blame you.
3: We'll have to. Uh, tricking back in here with ginger ale and uh, pig skins or whatever (laughs) ginger ale and pork skins you don't want to talk about eating chicken skin not
0: me no he's talking about pork skins
1: I know you You don't like
3: pork rinds (coughs)
0: <coughs> the
2: day John snapped and beat the crap out of his friends. Well, okay. Uh, are you ready for the next one, John Dawson? Can we just skip to the last one? No, it's one-to-one, one, and I, I don't think y'all are a fan. I kind of like him. I liked him a lot more on Saturday Night Live
0: than I do as the host of the Tonight Show. It's Jimmy, Jimmy Fallon. Fallon. Well, on the, on, the, on Saturday Night Live, he could sit there and say funny things that Tina Fey wrote for him. I mean, anybody ah, would be funny. There you go. J- fan? I'm neutral I know that report just came out about him I don't know what I don't know if he actually did something wrong or if it's a bunch of um, Huey if it's a bunch of woke hooey, if he said we need to do better and someone had a mental breakdown I, d- I don't know because I'm not gonna comment I wasn't there um, I've only watched his version of the Tonight show the who have been on twice and coincidentally I've seen his show twice. Well, remember, he, he just, did a
2: whole week of shows with you, too. So I watched that whole week of shows. I mean,
0: he he's fine. I think he's talented. He's amiable. I, d- I don't think he's faking the, oh, God, this is so good. But it, it just, I can't stand it. It's just too. How does he sound again? I'm not doing it. I just did it. <laughs> but um, that that wears on me. So okay. you know, I, I, I kind of like Letterman where he would be goofy, then it might be sardonic. He had a multitude of person, of uh Attitudes, not just one that was wide open all the yeah. time.
3: I will say, I do. I, I can appreciate Jimmy Fallon's um,
0: his impressions taste. are good. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And you know he, and unlike Corden, Fallon like appreciates music. Well, Fallon, don't well, no, even I mean, bring let, Corden up.
0: Let me clarify. I'm with as, between Fallon and Corden. Fallon is seventeen million light years ahead of Corden. We agreed. I mean, Corden is only probably. 20 feet in front of Curly. Hey, did you
2: know, though, that Jimmy, well, all the late nights people, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, uh, the guy from HBO, what's his name? Uh, Bill Maher. No, 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 not Bill Maher. The guy's won all the awards, the British guy. John Oliver. John Oliver. And uh, the guy on ABC, Jimmy. Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel. And there's somebody else. There's five of them. With Writer's Strike going on, they have started a podcast. And I've actually listened to one episode or half an episode. It was kind of funny. They, nobody writing for them. It's just them doing their all shit. All the
0: hosts on one podcast. They're on
2: one podcast. It's called like Fab Force
0: 5 or that's, Fire that's Force a, 5. That's a good idea. It's a way for them to. Uh, well, all the money they're raising from. And I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just say it's a good It's a good way to keep them in front of their audience and they're not competing against each other. Well, the genius part of it that I really enjoy is
2: it, well, all the money. They're making from advertising, from and you got to figure it's probably a pretty well sold podcast. They're giving, they're splitting it five ways and giving it to their crews who are on strike right now. I thought that was,
0: I thought that was pretty cool. That is, that is great. Now who's coming out as the? Because if they're ad libbing, I'm assuming Colbert. Who's the funniest ad libber? Fallon. Really? Believe it or not. To me, and uh, bear in mind, I've listened to like 20 minutes of
2: one episode. Material or? Material or oh, no. They're, none of it's material. I they mean, just,
0: when I say ad-libber, is he coming up with great lines or is he just being the goofiest? He's being goofy. You know, but I like goofy. So who's coming up with the best comedy? <laughs> the British guy. Ch- yeah,
3: John, John Oliver. John Oliver's, pretty, yeah, John Oliver's
0: brilliant, though.
3: I think, yeah, and I think he's... I think he was a stand-up comedian at one point, so I think. I don't know. Y'all would know bit, better. Than me. Well, the first writer strike I
0: remember back the late night guys they could still do the show, but they didn't have writers and um, Carson and Letterman started doing their own writing their own monologues every night. The, the union was different then. I guess they could do that, but it was kind of cool to see them having to. All right, so I think they would both come up with jokes, but any comedian have had to come up with fifth, with ten minutes of material, that means you'd have to come up with fifty minutes of material week in, week out. You'd have to have writers. Oh, well, your good friend Bill Sheft, I mean, who yeah, was the he, lead writer for Letterman for years. But it was kind of it was kind of cool to see them have to come up with it themselves. Was and it w- funny? It was. And Letterman had a thing called uh a segment called network time killers and they would just go in this into the uh control booth and go through somebody's purse and he would make it funny okay. you know that kind of stuff
2: that's awesome okay uh jimmy fallon john dawson how old is he today yeah 48 you say 48 what about you over there mizzle
3: 47 ah
2: if you had gone the other direction there's dude.
3: another one of those situations he took my on answer
2: really Well, he was born uh, September 19th, 1974, so he's 49 today. So, congratulations, John Dawson. You get that, you lead two to one. This is low key one of my favorite bands. And I talk about, I'm going to play the song that I like. And I know it's one of their biggest hits, but, uh, dude, I just, I love it, man. All the mamas and the papas. Mamas, (laughs) I'm sure I've had to ask you about the mamas and papas. One of the lead singers. Uh, The female. Oh, my God. Listen to
0: that. Mama Cass. Cass Elliot. Okay. Yeah, stereo. I've been for a while.
2: Good song? Fantastic song. Mm -hmm. California Dream and the Mamas and the Papas. And today is Mama Cass Elliot's birthday. She passed away in 1974. So uh, how about this? She passed away. We just did Jimmy Fallon, who's 49. She passed away in 1974 which is when Cass Elliot passed each other in the hallway. Yeah, pretty much. Did you, if you, if you've done much reading about her, and I know you're a music you know,
0: Yeah, a fair amount. story is
2: so sad. And dude. the ham sandwich was not true. It was not true, but just, she want. this makes me sad. She just wanted to be loved, dude. And I'm not, there's no riff, it's no joke. That was her thing. She just wanted to
0: be loved and just. And then the climate they were popular in, it was pretty tough not to find, um, companionship yeah so I don't know she man.
3: died in the same like uh,
0: the Chateau Mormont with Belushi and um,
3: no I think it was in it Twistle. I Entwistle thought she died okay. in the Hard Rock uh, Keith Moon then
0: that's right it that's right same
3: Same. I think it was the same like
0: room yeah that's two or three people died in that room that's crazy
2: I think I would avoid renting that room ah what can I say Oh ah, there you go
0: uh John think about Massey. Papa John Phillips from this group, he wrote the song. Drinking, drank to the point where he had to get a new liver. Got a liver from a woman who never drank a drop in her life. Proceeded to drink that liver to death. Anyway, back to you, Mass. No, that's that's just that's Al- awful. Al- yeah. Allegedly,
3: that's awful. she wasn't an original member, and the way she got in with them was by bringing in drugs. Like she, oh, she, she would boy. always she would always bring drugs to, their, to her to get togethers and.
2: Oh. Well, she's very, very talented. Mama Cass Elliott. She died in 1974. She's
3: one. I cannot remember if she was in the 27 Club or if she was 33 when she died. I'm going to. I'm I'm so well. And I know this sounds morbid. I was so well-versed in the 27 Club, and I honestly can't remember. Who all's in the 27 Club? Well, uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix. Jim uh, Morrison. Jim Morrison. Uh, what's the dude? That Kurt Cobain. Yeah, Cobain. Uh, there was a, a actor recently. Um, he was in the new Star Trek movies, and I cannot remember his name. There, there's quite a few. I'm gonna. I'm gonna assume she was. I'm gonna say 76.
2: You say 76. What do you say, John Dawson? Monday, Monday. 77 she was she's in the 33 club. She was born September 19th, 1941. She died in 74, so she was 33. (coughs) She would be uh, 82 if she were alive today. And, again, just mm. you want to, hey, on this uh, Tuesday, you want to read something that's uh, going to depress you? Read about her her life history and just how she really was. She even admitted she was kind of a people pleaser. She tried to be good to everybody around her. and She just, again, you
0: just rounded up. She just wanted to be loved, dude. You know? Well, you know. In the drug thing is what did her in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you've already clinched today
2: there, three to one, John Dawson, but we'll still do this last birthday here anyway. Uh, it's also a guy's passed away, and he was TV's Batman and had a funny role on <laughs> Family Guy week in, week out, where he used his real name. It's Adam West.
3: Adam West, Robin. <laughs> Adam West. I, who I, re- I did not know that, um, that God, now I can't remember. Sam Elliott was his cousin. Wild, what Wild West?
2: Yeah, but I mean, I didn't. Did I, you know that? Yeah, I'm kidding
3: on the show.
2: Oh, on the show. I thought you were talking about it in real life. Man, you're about to get me to Google <laughs> that, dude.
3: No, Also, Family Guy. After Adam West in real life died, they killed off his character, and they brought in Sam Elliott as his cousin, Wild West.
0: Oh, that's pretty funny. It is. That's
2: it is. Funny.
3: And Sam Elliott's dad in the show is Old West. <laughs> <laughs>
2: There you go. Like, we don't do that. Yeah, you know. Okay, uh, John Dawson, you've already clinched today, but how old would Adam West be if he were still alive today? And like uh, Jonathan alluded to, he passed away in 2017, so he died six years ago. 90. You say 90. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? 89. He was born September 19th, 1928, so he oh would be 95
0: him. today. So he died at 89. Good his, for him. His yeah. daughter was on that show, Collectors Call. It's a Me TV show where the Blair from um, Facts, Facts of, of Life. life. Meets with collectors and goes through it. And his, Adam West's daughter came on and met this guy who was a Batman collector. And they, it was kind of interesting. That does sound interesting. Okay,
2: well, uh, local
0: birthdays today.
2: Uh, Wade Howell, former general manager of the Downeast Wood Ducks, who is now a financial planner up in Asheville. And then uh, I don't know how much you guys, either one of you, knew him. But uh, he passed away uh, within the last year or so. Uh, David Boring, uh, who was just a – did you know him? I did. Yeah, that's right. You had That's right. He was a teacher at North and Or when you were there. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. A good guy. Very yep. good guy. Yep. And I, I got to do a lot of stuff with him when I was with the chamber and just other things. And uh, I'll say this and I say this with all sincerity. The man made a mean pork chop. <laughs> I'm yep. not joking. Grilled. I mean, I don't know how he did it. I never had. And he made those pork chops that were like, look like steaks. Mm-hmm. And you cut into that bad boy and the juices would just come in. David Warren, man, he could cook a mean pork chop. But rest in peace, David Warren, one of the good guys. He was a uh, citizen of the year, a Lenore County citizen of the year one year. Good guy. Uh, happy birthday to my, my boy, Wade Howe. I miss you. He In our first year of doing this show, he appeared as a guest more on this show than anybody else and uh just, i just I, I miss my friend i need to get him back on here but happy birthday wade if today is your birthday have a great birthday we'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by GoEco office automation and again i want to thank uh richard clark phil constantino tomorrow mike martin live in the studio have a great tuesday we'll see you tomorrow on the brian hank show presented by lenore community college